This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. This is the Art of Wrestling with professional wrestler Colt Cabana. All right, here we are. Let's do this. You are about to listen to The Art of Wrestling, a professional wrestling podcast. It's also a life podcast. It's a personal journal. It's an entryway into the minds, the souls, the hearts, and the lives of the people involved in the world of professional wrestling. I am your host. My name is Colt Cabana. I am basically Canadian now. I have not been screeched in. I have not seen a moose. I am not a person who has seen a moose while being in Canada and in Newfoundland. Very upsetting, but I am a professional wrestler. We are sitting here live in the studio apartment in Chicago, Illinois. Before we go any further, this is a fan-supported and listener-supported podcast. We give this podcast to you every single Thursday. ColtCabana.com, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. A couple great ways that you can support, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Use some social media. Tell some friends. Tell some people. Tell them you like and dig this show. Or if you got a couple of bucks, head on over to ColtMerch.com and DigitalColt.com. T-shirts, buttons, pictures, posters, DVDs. Also, ProWrestlingTees.com is where you can get some black shirts. That's not in a racial sense. I mean the color black of a T-shirt and uh, also some bigger size. We've got some bigger guys out there. And I'm not saying black. Okay, you stop it. You stop it. You're, you're hearing whatever you want to hear. You know what I'm saying. Head on over to coldmerch.com and digitalcold.com. All right, we do actually have a fun show coming up on this week and for a couple weeks and for the rest of uh, the podcast life, but uh, we will talk about that in just a second. And by we, I mean I. I will talk about that in just a second. I am home from Canada, though. I was in Newfoundland, all over Newfoundland, a 10-day tour, eight shows in 10 days, wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. And I know I had just came back from Scotland. I was doing some comedy. I was wrestling while I was over there. And uh, I hear people saying, you know, look at a cult heading towards comedy. But if you think about it, I mean, I'm wrestling more now than I've really ever wrestled before. And dare I say, wrestling more than uh, some of the some of the guys that you see on TV, 10 days here in New. Newfoundland in a couple of weeks. I'm heading to Japan for three weeks where I, where you wrestle every single, it's not like Fridays and Saturdays. You're wrestling basically every single day. You're touring. This tour was a lot of fun. This tour was, uh, Hey, I'm a wrestler. We're going to these little towns. Doesn't matter. No one knows you. No one has a clue who you are in the big towns in like St. John's and Bay Roberts. They have an idea in the little towns. Uh, there was maybe a couple here and there who actually knew who you were, but basically you're proving yourself to little children. Really, uh, that sounds weird, but there's just kids, so many kids 
And if you're the one selling foam fingers and little toy hammer boppers, you're the one making a lot of money on that tour. Not me. I was selling Colt Cabana t-shirts and headbands, but you get the idea. Lots of kids and you have to prove yourself. And that's like when you're testing yourself out as a professional wrestler. And that's what I was doing. Little towns, little places, these little towns, they would have one grocery store, barely a grocery store, one gas station. Most didn't have subways. So it was, you know, what am I supposed to eat? And, uh, you know, they had one hockey arena. That's Canada. And we wrestled in the hockey arena every single night. What blew my mind was there, there was Wi-Fi at all these hockey arenas unlocked. These little towns, they're not locking their Wi-Fi. You can just dive right in. Probably the guy who hacked my podcast would have a field day hacking uh, whatever you can do with an unlocked Wi-Fi. I don't even know what that means. I don't, I don't even know if that's a real thing. I just hear things about unlocked Wi-Fis. But Legend City Wrestling... Happy to be there. Happy to see the people of Newfoundland. I, who knows who listens to the podcast from up there? I know, you know, in the bigger towns they do, but uh, that was a lot of fun. And again, proving yourself, not proving yourself, but like, look at me. I'm a wrestler. I can do the road. We basically wrestled every single night and, uh, and had a great time. A good crew up there and a good time. Can't wait to go back there. And when I talk about the handful of people who might have known me, uh, one guy thought he knew me because he goes, man, and I forget what little town this was in, but he goes, man, I, you were in WWE, weren't you? I go, yeah, yeah, I was. And then he comes back a little later. He goes, I got it. I knew it. He saw me wrestle. This was after I wrestled. He goes, just Joe. And I go, what? Just Joe. You're just Joe. <laughs> and I go, uh, ah, you got me. You got me. That was me, just Joe. And, of course, I'm sitting next to Rhino, who's basically Joe Legend's best friend. And uh, he's having a laugh at it. This guy's going, you're just Joe. I'm saying, goddamn right, I'm just Joe. And uh, he starts talking to me like, oh, man, what a weird character. And I'm like, you know, Vince wanted to do it. I thought it was weird. He's like, yeah, well, could have been worse, right? And I go, yeah, they could have given me Scotty Goldman. He goes, yeah, I know, right? And we both had a laugh for different reasons. Uh, that's the kind of tour that I had and had a great time with. Diamond Dallas Page is on the podcast this week, DDP, and uh, let's get into it a little bit. A self-promoter, man. You've heard this guy on every single podcast that there's ever been, probably. You've seen him on every single call-in show, every single whatever. Nancy Grace, he'll show up, he'll do it. This guy wants to promote. I myself, I guess I've turned into kind of a shameless promoter, if you will. I, I try to see it not as shameless, but I bet he also, you know, sees it that way too. He's just trying to get his word out for his thing that he seems to be motivated and dedicated to. And that's right now at the moment, DDP yoga. And I think we all know and understand and have heard of it. And while some people maybe chuckle at the idea that he is pushing it down everyone's throats, the idea is we have heard of it. We know it. DDP yoga. And when some people have to go and have to lose weight, they think to themselves, how am I going to do it? Marty DeRosa, case in point. They go, hey, I'll give DDP a yoga a try. And that's the beauty of this guy, the beauty of this machine that's hard at work. And maybe it took me a while to see, but I get it. I see it. And I'll tell you another reason why I see the importance of what he's doing and why he's doing it. Now, this is something I have not talked about. This is something over three months in the works now that I've just kind of been doing it. And uh, it's kind of worked now. I, I am a person who has struggled with weight my whole life. I was known as the chubbier kid. I wore the t-shirt in the pool. I uh, dreaded shirts and skins. I found any excuse not to be skins when playing sports. Does this sound familiar to some of you? Probably. A lot of you, probably. To some that don't know this dreadful pain, well, I'm sure you had some kind of other problem that you were dealing with. Me, it was being the fat kid. 
the fat kid. Why well, say the chubby kid? I'll say the fat kid. And it's something I've struggled with my whole life. It's something I struggled with in my 20s and now into my 30s. Struggling with not self-worth, but uh, comparing Comparing myself to some other person and going, well, I'm not good enough because look at that person and look how much thinner he is or in more shape than he is. And this isn't in wrestling. I mean, this is just in life. And this has been my struggles my whole life. And uh, there's been ups and downs for me. And um, it kind of it got to a point where it just uh, I looked in the mirror and I was just disgusted. I was really disgusted. And, and I've been doing this for the past probably 20 years, looking in the mirror and being disgusted. But uh, as of this recording, and I, I think it's important to do it on the DDP episode, uh, I am down to 227 pounds. I'm excited about that. At my highest, I was about 263, 265. So that's over 35-pound weight loss. Some people have noticed it. Some people come up to me shows, say, Colt, man, look at this. I mean, it's just in the past couple of months. I haven't publicized it, but it's uh, it's part of reinventing myself as a wrestler. It's part of reinventing myself as a person. It's part of getting confidence back, getting uh, self-satisfaction back. It's part of trying to love myself, I guess, not in a cheesy way, but it's part of uh, looking in the mirror and being happy with what you see in the mirror. And especially, man, especially when you're a guy like me, who picture, pictures are popping up on Facebook and you're getting tagged in them and then you're just seeing what you think is just disgusting and it's like you got to make a change. And luckily enough for me, finally, I, I it came to a point and I put my foot down and I've made a bit of a change. I'm scared personally. I'll say it right on here. I'm scared. I'm scared it's going to go back to cheeseburgers or pizzas or whatever it might be. And I was never really an abuser uh, because I always I always work out and I always you know claim to eat kind of a kind of healthy. But uh, it was just getting to the point where it really wasn't that healthy. And the way I chose to do it, I'm on the DES diet. Don't eat shit. That's just what I've done. I've stopped eating shit. Haven't had pizza in four months. Haven't had any fried food. Haven't had any uh, refined sugars. Uh, if you want to know my secret, I've really I've been eating a, a diet of Quest bars and P28 bagels. <laughs> That's how I've done it. But I've done it. And I've taken the right steps to it. And I know DDP Yoga is paying a lot of the guys over at Podcast One, uh, but this isn't a paid endorsement. This is me saying, uh, look, hey, I'm doing, I, I did something. I'm doing something. I'm scared it might go back. But for now, I'm sitting here and I could say I could do it. If, if the yoga is what you need to push you to do something, then, then go do yoga. If it's diet, if it's workout, whatever. Uh, I think it's pretty cool that there's options out there, and I think it's pretty cool that that Dallas is guy uh, trying to make a difference. And when I say that too, I know this is a little long on the opener, sorry, but I sat down with him and uh, we've talked. We've we've been chums for a little bit now. Of course, we're doing business with Pro Wrestling Tees, so uh, I think he's happy with me no matter what. But um, I, after this conversation, I was like, I, I like this guy. I really, really like this guy, and I wanted myself to think that he's putting on an act and he's putting on some bullshit because people have told me this over the years, and and you hear the stories, but uh, the way, I, I don't know, I, when you're like kind of a motivational speaker, but you can also swear and talking about like raunchy shit, I, I think you're real. I think that makes you a real person because I think when you try to cover up the idea of swearing and talking about raunchy shit, it's like, that's a cover up. Who the fuck are you fucking kidding? You know, you like how I swore when I was describing that, but he's just talking from the heart. And I, I really, I had a great conversation. I enjoyed this conversation. I enjoyed this talk for the people who like the podcast, for some people who, who talk about the podcast and say about Colt's interview skills, 
please note this this is not an interview. This is me sitting down in a hotel having a fucking fun conversation with Diamond Dallas Page. I enjoyed it, and I think you will too. All right, for Song of the Week, uh, I'll play it. This was on an actual CD sold in stores like Circuit City and Best Buy from the CD WCW Mayhem Music. It is Self High Five. It's Dallas's uh, theme song. It definitely smells like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. I don't know the legalities of how they got it, but they did. Enjoy it. We'll be back with DDP. You love me. You hate me. You'll never forget me. Get ready to feel the... Self-high-five. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash to book. Restrictions may apply. Okay, that sounded weird. I'm gonna start that differently. How you doing, man? I'm wait. Let me guess. Amazing, right? Yeah, actually, good. Uh, I'm a little wore out because I just spent ten days down in Mexico uh, for a retreat, and literally um, Mickey Mouse with tattoos the whole time. Because you know, when you're on, you're on. And I got all these people down there for my workout. Hold on, I don't even know what that means. Mickey Mouse with tattoos? Fucking Mickey Mouse. Like, you gotta be able hey, you take your shit, take a picture of the guy here. Okay, Mickey. you're Mickey Mouse I'm with tattoos. I'm Mickey Mouse with tattoos down there the whole but time. But hold on, you love that, no? Yeah, I do, but it, there has to be some downtime. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> there has to be some downtime. So, you know, uh, this is my buddy right here who's gonna come up here to, uh, um, to uh, who gave me a ride. He was down there at the retreat. Okay. And uh, now this know, was your setup on retreat. My D- D- DDP, it's a DDP yoga retreat in Mexico. Jesus. I, yeah, I did it. I've done it the last four years in a row. 
We had 84 people there. Now, I, I branched that over 10 days. Now I'm just going to cut it back to like I normally do to like seven days. And we'll do one in July and one in uh, October. Because uh, we have the place down there. You got to see it. It's, 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 Where it's, in Mexico? It's about 30, maybe and where do you 30? find these places? My sister. Is okay. My sister's a travel agent. Okay, I was going to say. <laughs> well, for years, she wanted me to do it, and I just didn't think it was ready to draw. And then I, I, I kicked it out four years ago, and we drew about you know, 18 people. Came. So, okay, this is before we kind of get into that, because I'm, I want to start doing these uh, comedy shows, and I want to tour it a lot. Right. But right. my biggest fear is just, like, nobody showing up. <laughs> well, I don't think that'll happen to you. No, for you, sure. Well, I don't think it would happen to you. I mean, you're, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do you have that fear, though? Well, in the beginning, well, you have to remember on something like this, they start planning this, you know, six, eight months, ten months out. Now they'll be planning a year out. Uh, so you, you get to see what it's going to do because if it's not going to draw, I'm just going to cancel it. Right. And my fear was that in the beginning that, you know, because DDP Yoga at that time back was YRG, you know, people didn't really get it. It took Arthur's video, but it really took in our world, it took Chris Jericho. It, Chris, it took Chris Jericho. It didn't matter that I, my career was over and they said I'd never wrestle again until I started doing this. And when I created this, less than three months put me back in the ring. Same thing worked for Jericho. And Jericho, I never thought that you know, Chris and I were friends, but we weren't close buddies like we are today. I'm considered a much closer friend today. Um, but he has helped me by just telling people. And I helped him make, you know, can you imagine the kind of money? Scratch Jericho makes, mm -hmm. you know, but he couldn't even sing and do his Fozzie thing. So here's a guy who's living both dreams, can't do either. And he and I sent him, actually, HBK pulled me aside when I did the very best of Nitro. And I was backstage, and we're going to do our little bit. He pulls me aside, and uh, Sean's actually the first guy to ever do my program. And I sent him the shit I did in the backyard. That's where those, that's where those, uh, the videos, the videos were coming from, from the backyard. So he had had a great results with it, obviously, on top of what he was already doing as well, getting the surgery and all that. But he pulled me aside and he goes, listen, um, he looks around because he don't want to stooge Jericho off his hurt. And he says to tell, you know, Chris, you know, you need to get a hold of Jericho because his back. This back's, is Sean? This is Sean. Can yeah. you say it like Sean would say it, please? He sort of looked both <laughs> ways too, you know? And he uh, got that deep voice, you know? Uh, I can't really do Shawn Michaels. He has a great here's voice. The, so. Here's the thing, Dallas. Yes. Dallas. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. It's all right. <laughs> so um, long story short, I was following Twitter. I was just getting used to Twitter. And I seen a picture of Jericho with the, um, the acupuncture up down his back. I said, hell, I'm going to call him. Now, I've called Jericho at this point in my life probably 10 times. Never picks up the phone ever. It's one of those guys. Never picks up the phone. He picked up the phone. We start talking. He goes, I swear to God I was going to call you. You know, everyone's been saying, you know, you should do Trish's workout or you should do, you know, Dallas's workout, you know, because it's really helped heal the body. And he said, if I'm doing anybody's, I love Trish. She goes, She's awesome. I'm sure her workout's great. She goes, but I'm going to do a, a yoga workout. It's got to be yours. So I said, dude. Don't even say that. Let me send you a video. And I sent him the disabled veteran video. And this is before it went viral. I sent it to him. He called me back five minutes later. He said, send me whatever you're doing. I'll do it. How long did that, that uh, video sit non-virally? <laughs> well, that, the version that I made with him, Arthur, and his son, that one, we still had over 200,000 hits, maybe 100,000 hits by that. No, about 150,000 hits by that time. And that was over four, five, four, 
five years. So okay, so it was sitting for a long time. Yes, yes. And then Steve Yu, the president of my company, who's who just has a he's a he's a a genius, and he knows how to put the song with the music. And when he first sent me that video, now you know I'm, I'm a promotionally oriented. I yes. am. Uh, I looked at it and I went, Steve, it doesn't say DDP Yoga anywhere in there. And he goes, here's your choices. Do you want to sell a product or do you want to inspire people? Now, there's no choice in between that because if you start to sell something, it ain't going to get over unless it's ridiculously funny. Mm -hmm. uh, so I said, inspire people. Let's see what happens. And then I watched it again. And then I said, dude, you put me down as a yogi. And I'm like the anti-yogi, you know? Not that there's anything wrong with being a yogi. I just, I'm, I, I try to go the other way with it. And he goes, do you know how many yoga studios are going to put that up on their wall? Mm -hmm. if, this, if this takes hold, do you know what's going to happen with that? I said, you know what? That would be funny. And Arthur, the guy, the disabled veteran, he actually went to yoga studios and they turned him away. And one was a little rude about it. Because how does this guy walk in with the canes and everything to want to take this yoga class? Right. And the one was a little rude to him. Well, they put it up on their wall. <laughs> he went to the studio and said, take it down now. Yeah, he's probably, I mean, I, I, listen, I have these gripes from like wrestling. I understand. Like yeah. Sometimes you do stuff just to be like, fuck these guys. <laughs> right, so right. good for him to go, yeah. yeah. And like, right? I mean, I'd imagine there's got to be so many fuck these guys for Arthur. Like now mm. that he's done, I tell you, he's not like that. I mean, he, not yeah. like, but like, if it was, if it was me, yeah. you know, in that situation, <laughs> I would be like, fuck all these guys. Look what I'm doing now. You know, he everyone said go, no. Colt, he wouldn't even go to the doctor. The doctor, when he's down 20 pounds in the first two weeks, all right, and it mainly was getting him off the wheat and dairy because he was so bloated, and he was a vegetarian, so. Getting him off of that really changed his body, and he went. And he could feel. He was already feeling a little stronger, so he went to the doctor. And the doctor, you know, vet, you know, army vet doctor, and those guys. I guess from what I understand, they can be a little bit, you know, they're they're jaded. From what I understand, especially from Arthur, and the doctor grabbed the friggin' needle and stuck it in his leg while he was talking to him, and said, "Arthur, you're never going to be able to walk without these braces." <laughs> oh, Lord. And he said, why would you say that? He goes, I just stuck this needle in your leg. You didn't even feel it. Oh. I'm like, Arthur, please, let's go back and film you going at that guy. He wouldn't do it. Mm. He went to that person. The yoga studio pissed him off. Sure. <laughs> All right, I want to talk some wrestling. Go ahead. Go for um, it. And, uh, well, I, I want to talk kind of you and then, I don't know. So, you're, I mean, you're like... A promotional machine, right? Always. Denied or not? Undenied? No, absolutely. And like, you would know. you almost say that you're like that? It's always in the back of your head. It's always on a little bit. No, you want to know, Colt? The God's honest truth is, if I believe in something, I don't care if it's about the you know might be the gluten free burrito right now. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever I believe in, I'm passionate about it. And I also know that when it came to wrestling. You know, in my career, you know, 95, no, no one would ever believe what happened in 97 and 95. And I don't think the first part of 96, anybody would have ever thought it was possible. I don't even think at the end of 96. But then if you really watched the way I was going, because it goes back to in 96, Kimberly was asked to be, she'd done a bunch of Playboy satellite 
magazines like Blondes, Blue Mits, and Red Hat, stuff like that. I've seen them all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well aware. Now. I'll tell you what, at 44, she still looks amazing. She was down a retreat, looks amazing. Um, but uh, they, she came to me and she said, they want to put us in Playboy. I said, what us? Yeah, yeah. You're like, I don't have the tits for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> and she goes, well, you're going to be tying up your boots and I'm just about to slip into something. Now, I'm thinking, WCW doing nothing for me. Everything, every crumb that I've gotten to that point is by working my ass off and just trying to you know, take whatever it is five times farther. And um, I said, yeah, let's shoot it. Let's see what happens. We shot for a day. And it was for two pages. They called us back. They said, we'd really appreciate it if you shoot again. We want to make this six. Now I know this is going to be a big spread, right? Literally. For literally. <laughs> and I go to Eric. Eric, right? This, that was like seven or eight months before. Now it's about to come out. So I pull him aside. And we go to, you know, we go to the, the gin mill and drinking some beers. And I said, by the way, I'm going to be in Playboy. And he went, What? You didn't now nowadays with the WWE culture. I mean, everything has to be oh, whole different world. A whole different world. Just yeah. every man for himself in those days. Well, back then they really didn't think like any promotionally oriented anywhere else. Like I'm the first one to ever think like that. But it goes back to my nightclub days. Okay. Do you want to run a nightclub with no people in it? I mean, no, 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 no way. I don't want to do comedy shows with nobody. Right. You don't want to do anything right? with no people. <laughs> right. Now you will because you love the game, but you want to make sure you have that. You know, you've earned it from what you've done. You want to feel that baz, you know? And so I knew that this could be a problem, but I did it anyway. And I literally figured if he don't want to do anything with it, then I'll take it to New York. Because you know what? I'm in Playboy with my gorgeous now ex-wife. Now, but at that time, so that's 96? That's 96. Uh, well, I guess, I mean, ECW is just starting to... DJ ECW would be popping. They were popping okay. pretty good right about that. But I'm yeah. saying that switch of like when it kind of was all kind of cartoons and uh, Duke the Dumpster, Drossies and Doinks, you know, like that switch. Yeah, that was already, that already happened because um, 96 going into 97, it was pretty So it was getting provocative. So being in Playboy... Oh yeah, is accepted in uh, the wrestling world. Not or, really. I never had never. No one had ever done it. Okay, but the idea of kind of cutting edge, right? Yeah. Well, I thought I could take it. To, I, Paul E. Dangerously. Paul Heyman was a good buddy of mine. I put Raven in there at that time. Me and him still talked a lot, and I know I could have taken that. And ECW would have blown that through the roof, and maybe that would have got me in New York. Look what happened with Austin. You know. Right. So, um, you know. Bischoff was like so pissed. He's like, you have a morality clause. Do you realize that you could have no job? And I said, well, you know, maybe Vince will do something with it. And, you know, I don't know if you remember, that was the angle that was for me and Savage because uh, they had, you know, spray painted Kimberly and supposedly beat her up and blah, blah, blah. And she came out crying as Savage was up on the stage with Liz exposing Kimberly to the world. Okay, and when that. she was in the, you know, on the, uh, what I call the, the table position, where she's on her hands and her knees, they spray painted over her nipples in the crack of her ass, <laughs> you know, so NWO. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it turned out to be the greatest thing that happened to me that never would have happened had I not done that. So in your mind, you would, uh, because obviously there was a, a, a hump that you got over and you're oh, saying huge that that was hump. It. 
and huge. So if not that, you saw yourself just, I mean, you, not to put down like Ice Train, but you and Ice Train would have been feuding for the rest of your lives or whatever. Might have been. You know, you, know, my, my, you, never, you never know. You know, um, I, I don't know, only because the diamond cutter was so hot, mm. I might have gotten the angle, but it wouldn't have been that hot. Mm. And then things just happened in our business. You know, like Randy in that first match, he was still doing the double axe handle off the top rope to the floor. Well, he tore his Achilles. And you got to think like, uh, oh, that's eventually going to happen. He keeps, he's done that. <laughs> 44 years, right? he's still doing it. Right, yeah. You know? And it never happened, huh? Never happened. But now, by and I go over in that match, and, you know, that was discussed the Saturday or the Friday night before, because we didn't work Saturdays back then, get ready for the big pay-per-view. And every night, I'm getting left in a pool of blood or hitting somebody with a couple diamond cutters and escaping. But mostly, I'm left in a pool of, you know, I'm the pool of my own sweat with NWO crushing me. So there's no thought of me ever beating Savage. And the night before, or that Friday night, uh, Arn Anderson walked in and said, uh, so what do you want to do, Randy? Well, you got to mm. say it like Arn. <laughs> you know, I'm good at Randy. I keep, okay. <laughs> you got Arn? What do you want to I don't. Kid? All right, kid. We're, uh. I don't. What do you say? What do you say? Kidding me? Not to you, I guess. What do you want to? So, what do you want to do, Randy? And he went, mm, "Yeah, I think I want to take the diamond cutter." Yeah. And I just went, "Did he just say that?" <laughs> Yo, taking it when there's no match—that's one thing. Take it at the end of the match—that's a whole other animal. And when we did it, place. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Top crazy. Laid across them, you know, with the arm across, draped the arm across them, and uh, one, two, three, and, and, and through the crazy noise of Columbia, uh, Florence, South Carolina. It's something you know, you never forget that right. spot. That's great. And I could hear him say, Will, I guess we know what we're going to do for Spring Stampede. He says it on, while he's on the mat? Laying, a, laying looking <laughs> up at the lights. <laughs> Also, that's that just says like how great, like how much of a professional he is, or just how long he's been around. You know, like even just the idea of being in a, a twenty thousand dollars arena, you know, or whatever, yeah. or twenty thousand people arena. Yeah. Just like man, he's so calm and cool. Like he's been doing that so long at that point that like so, he could just <laughs> right. But I'll tell you, when anybody would try to fuck with us, and it happened, 
You know, because it's all about jostling, especially when he was hurt. Now, when we can't wrestle, like, how do we keep this going? Mm. And he could feel like the Booker's playing with some stuff. And he'd come to me, oh, God, he get, I mean, he really talked like that. You know, he got really wound. And the more wound up he got, the more savage he got. And, you know, I'm just, I'm this brain, I'm about to buffer for him. You know, because we like to lay stuff out. And, like, I, I'll go improv, but I like to know where I'm going. Randy was crazier than me about it. Mm. You know, so it was like, okay, I can do that. Mm. And I loved it. And, uh... He went. You guys are both on the same page, then. Right? Yeah, you know, and we did a lot of. We'd worked. Now we'd worked. Now again, and we were starting to work a lot. Now, you know, not at this point, but later on. So we didn't even have to even talk sometimes, but we still talked about everything. Right, you know? right, right. Uh, but uh, he went. I gotta go. I gotta talk to Hogan. I gotta go talk to Hogan. And next thing I know, the angle is he's out with Liz on the crutches, talking shit, and I come out, you know, through the you know back and. Start, he pulls, you know, he, he goes to hit me and I freaking drops it on his crutch. I go to hit him, he pulls Liz in front and then he drops the other crutch and then Hogan comes from behind me. Now here's the rib. <laughs> Hulk says, now when I, when I hit you and you're down, stay there because we're going to use this for B-roll. Dude, he whipped me <laughs> like I was with his 12-year-old daughter. Yeah. I mean, he whipped me and whipped me and whipped me with those, those aluminum crutches. I could see ping, pieces flying off right. it. This is great B-roll. Stay yeah, down. Right. Yeah. never use that shit. <laughs> do you remember Kevin Green, the football player? Yes, I do, of course. He was doing the angle with flair and doing that whole thing with, big, with the giant dent and... You know, I, I'm right in the first hour. We do that right in the, the nine o'clock hour. And, uh, you know, I, I go take a shower and I can walk into my, my towel on. I go to grab something behind the monitor and Kevin looks at me and he goes, Diamond, what the hell happened to your back? Because I got welts. You know, sure. here's <laughs> like a, 16, a 16 year veteran of the NFL going, What happened to you? <laughs> and right? he doesn't know it's there. I said, Didn't you just watch that? And his eyes went, like up big as grapefruits. And I was like, yeah, dude. I said, welcome to the show. Right. <laughs> what, was, what were those guys accepted into? Like uh, Reggie White was back there, right? Mongo. And- yeah, I think, you know, I think Mongo, I think all, I think they were all super uh, respected because of what they had done. And that, everybody who was a you know, football mark, which is 95% of us, right. you know, were, were marks for them. When Mongo stayed around for a while, it, I think he had a little tougher time because guys he was working with. But they saw how hard he was working. Was he working he hard? Was, he was working hard. He, like, he didn't, he, you know, obviously a guy like that, you know, he's not going to half-ass it. But he, when you don't know, right. and all of a sudden you're thrown in like the main event, like. But he wasn't like, I'm the main event, guys. No, no, he wasn't that. He knew his role at that That's point, cool. which would have been about mid-card and with a name that could, you know, could draw and get attention. Right. First couple of times. In Chicago anyway. and Green Bay, especially. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the thing about those guys, they beat up their body like we do, like, especially him at a different level. And back then, it was still the same thing back it was in the 80s and 90s. The pills, you know, and the shit to break it down. But eventually, those pills don't work. Mm. You know, then you got to. Then he was going to coke, you know, and you know, I know he kicked everything for the last time I heard, and he gained a lot of weight, and I heard he's slimming down. But you know, the, the guys who beat up their body like we do in this business, 
it's just really tough. Yeah, what a, what a choice, NFL to professional wrestling. It's just the same. Not the same, but it's... You'll man. notice Kevin didn't keep doing it, though. Right. You know? yeah. Is that a conscious decision? I think that, you know, the first thing when Big Show, now, you know, back then the Giant, when he would come down with that chop, and, you know, he's coming down from about nine feet mm-hmm. with velocity in his hands the size of a catcher's mitt. Of course. When he hit you... Like, I would just drop immediately. <laughs> like, there's, like, you got one of those. Right, right. I'm not doing that again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, Kevin, you know, he, you know, he felt it. And I think he, he was smart enough to know, you know what? I'm going to go coach. <laughs> right. You know, but he would have, if he would have been younger doing this, he would have been great. Probably he, all those guys in the yeah, league. Yeah. yeah. They would have been great. Um, okay. So a couple of things, uh, a, and maybe these tie in, I don't know. So, uh, am I was, uh, enamored for a little bit when, uh, AWA was on ESPN, um, just watching it all. Right. And obviously seeing you on there as a manager and, and also the idea, because, uh, this podcast is kind of about our struggles, uh, in wrestling and in life and why are we doing what we're doing mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, based off of basically like when I was fired and I was like, oh shit, what do I do now? And right. it's like, I'm going to, well, I'm going to tell my story uh, of my struggles and I am a real person. And the idea, I think 35, you got into wrestling. 30, as, yes. a, as a manager was 31. And when I finally got a shot at WCW, I was 35. It's like starting out as an actual wrestler at 35, I think is pretty wild. I mean, yeah. obviously everyone I'd assume is, is pretty wild. I'd like to know, like, I guess mentally, how, I don't know, mentally where you were, like, did you, you had, you had to have a lot of doubts or did what well, overweighed the yeah. doubts? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but you have to remember when I started it at 31, that was the AWA. By the time I was 32, I was in uh, Florida Championship Wrestling. I, I had a real job. I was still a nightclub promoter. So I was making great money and living. I was Diamond Dallas Page back then. I mean, I was living it. And uh, oh, so sorry, not to stop you. So how long have you been nightclub? Uh, I've been. I was. I was in nightclub business. I was seventeen. Wow. And I was running clubs by the time I was twenty-two. Where'd you grow up? In Jersey. In Jersey. Yeah. Were you running the clubs in Jersey? Down the shore. The first one was up north, and uh, that was in North Jersey. Uh, the second ones that I was like assistant manager type things and bartending was in Texas. I came back from there because Texas, I love country music, and I just, I, I just love that whole. Back then, it was the ur- yeah, I remember how old I am. I'm 58, okay. so we're going back to uh, urban uh, cowboy. Are, actually, you what? How young you are? How young I am? Right, exactly. 58, young. Um, but uh, I, I ran. I, I built a big place in uh, Asbury Park, which was one block away from the Stone Pony where Bruce Springsteen played. For you ever. built it. I, I was in charge of the actual build-out, not the outside, but the inside. At 21 years 20, old? No, 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 no. By the time I was 24. 20, 24? At 24. You're, you're not a, I mean, you're not an old man at 24. You're no. still a young, right? You think about it now, you probably had no clue what you were doing. Uh, I had no clue what I was I, doing. The only reason I had a, a pretty good clue is because this guy, Bud Reynolds, he called himself the Jewish cowboy yeah. down in, down in uh, Texas, and he loved me. And he took Can me I under- take on that name, the Jewish, Jewish cowboy? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he, uh, he, he really, we took a really good liking to me because he knew I worked hard. You know, I drank and I partied hard too back then too. But I, if it came to work, I wouldn't fucking So around. you were the epitome of like the bar life guy? Yes. Yeah. Big time. For a long time. Like I'd forget wrestling. Because when I, I didn't go, let's go back. I tried wrestling when I was 22. It didn't work out for me. How? Well, I, I, I worked, uh, I maybe worked out one day a week. I had, over that three months, I may have had uh, two matches. It was had to be so dreadful. Who did you and what did you? 
Uh, I, the name was Handsome Dallas Page because I was a huge Jimmy uh, Jimmy Valiant mark. That's who was my guy growing up as a kid. And I thought I was paying homage. I didn't realize I was ripping his gimmick <laughs> right. off. Uh, but uh, I, I learned from a guy named Tito, T, uh, Tito, Tito Ortiz. Not Tito Ortiz. Tito, Tito, I can't remember Tito's last name right now because I got Ortiz in my head. Um, but he was a jobber for WWE, but he was also in Puerto Rico, so he worked, you know, in mid-card there. Mm-hmm. So, he, you know, he knew how to teach wrestling, but he didn't speak English. <laughs> but he got me booked. And do you on, speak Spanish? No. <laughs> I'd be going, what is he saying? He's saying, grab his leg. Right. You know, back then, a clothesline was a finish. I mean, uh-huh. a Cleo, that was a finish, period. Not so like, where, like Bradshaw's doing it. You know? Where'd you find this guy? Um, my you buddy, you my seek buddy, them out? My buddy, John, actually, what happened is I went to a show, and Gorilla Monsoon is at the end of the show in Asbury Park Convention Hall, and he's leaving, like he's going right from the ring, got his bag, and walking out with all the people. Of course. Yeah, it was yeah. priceless. So he did that probably 30 years straight. He right. Like he had a down the routine, right? <laughs> and, and every wannabe kid, wannabe a wrestler, how do we get a wrestler? How do we get a wrestler? And we were so persistent, he finally said, Tito, blah, 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 take his, and gave us a number. Right, leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, by the way, that same day I went around the stage, and the way um, the Asbury Park Convention Hall was set up, it's on the water. So you could come around on the sand and the boys, because the place had no AC, mm-hmm. so the boys would all come out where the breeze is out, right? And there's Hammer. He always denies this. Greg the Hammer Valentine. Hammer! How do we get into wrestling? <laughs> Fuck off. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent, he said. Right. Yeah. So um, we got that name, and we went up there. We'd go up to Jersey City, which is about 60 miles. we go up once a week. And you know, how much are you going to learn with that? You, you know, got a crew. I, I, you and your buddies? Uh, being a buddy named John, John Shipley. Who later would be a, a, you know, a job guy in New York, but he also got the work. He'd also get the work. Back then, you were an enhancement guy. You still got the work, you know, like some of those guys did. Mm-hmm. SD Jones and all those guys, they, got, they did the job, but they worked the crew. And John got to work a little bit. And then he went to Tennessee and whatever. But I hurt my knee after my third match for Crybaby Cannon. And I took a really bad tumble, torqued it out. Shit got real in the ring like crazy. Uh, and I thought I was going to get my ass beat coming out of here because I just wild back on They beat the fuck out of me in the turnbuckles. And they probably weren't. They're just trying to smarten me up, you know, mm-hmm. at the same time run me off. Sure. And, uh, you know, I just knocked that fucker in the face next time. I was a kid. I was 22 years old. What yeah. did I know? And that other dude came over. Bam! Bam, bam, and they freaking really put it to me hard, threw me over the top rope. It was like a shoot fight I was ever in. And I came down, torqued my knee crazy. I was supposed to go down on the clothesline for a finish. I'm DQ'd now, because back then they really rang the bell. Mm-hmm. So now I'm li- hobbling to the back, and I'm thinking, I'm going to fight my way out of this. And the guy who hit me came from behind me, never even saw him slap me on the back and said, way to fight back, kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, okay. But now my knee's screwed up again, so... I can't wrestle. I can't go after the dream and I get my chance to run my first nightclub. And I've already been a manager. I've already been, you know, assistant, you know, bartender, barback, bouncer. Any place I was ever in, I was also the bouncer too. You know, as you can as a bigger guy. Yeah, yeah, it's a big guy and you know, just one of the numbers of bouncers back then. So your knees done. You're running the you're running everything. I'm running the small, small little rock and roll bar. But man. The whole reason I wanted yeah, anybody does anything is for pussy, right? <laughs> I mean, back then you run a club that's friggin' hot, and it's a small little club. It don't matter. Yeah, it's hot. 
you can get laid so easy, it's insane. So I got sucked in to the booze, the broads, and the party. And it doesn't flip back around to I'm running this big, sweet place that holds about 1,200 people in Fort Myers, Florida called Norma Jean's Dance Club. Do I see that Roddy Piper video? Not Roddy Piper, excuse me. Uh, Captain, Lou Albano, Captain Lou Albano video with Sidney Lauper right. and say, man... Rock and wrestling, I should have been a part of it. But wrestling wasn't in the back of your head the whole 10 years before that video? I shut it down because I got so pissed that, you know, that I didn't take off. When it took off in the 80s, mm-hmm. I stopped watching because I, I, I should have been a part of that. And in my mind, I guess maybe I should have been. When you look at all those guys, they're right around my age. Right. I don't think I would have been because I think I still had life experiences that I had to live. But maybe, maybe I would have been in the middle of all that shit. Mm-hmm. And it pissed me off so bad, I stopped watching. Now, I do start watching one night flicking the channels, and I catch Jesse Ventura. And I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. And he pulled me in. So now, probably between 28 and 31, I start watching again. And by 31... I'm thinking, man, I should have been a part of that. And my buddy hears that. He's, my, he's the guy who wrote my book with me, Positively Paige. His name is Smokey. And he came in the back. He's like, Paige J. I'm Paige, my dad was Paige One. My real name is Paige Falken, Paige Joseph Falkenberg. Okay. And uh, so everybody called me Paige J. So he's like, Paige J, uh, rock and wrestling. What, what, what the fuck do you mean you should have been a part of that? And I said, well, I tried it when I was a kid. He's like, seriously? He goes, what was your name? I said, well, back then I was handsome Dallas Page. He went, oof, you can forget about doing that gimmick now. <laughs> and everybody laughed, and we started drinking. And that night, Diamond Dallas Page, the Diamond Exchange, the Diamond Dolls, B-A-double-D bad was all said and written down on a piece of paper cold. That, you know, like your blotch paper for your Sure, month. were you guys just all sitting around Drink, drinking? Getting shit And being like, what's gonna be my oh just like it's i'm just we keep we keep talking and i keep coming up with shit yeah and then i go right back into thinking you know like jimmy hart has the hard foundation i could have the diamond exchange right Ooh, well, shot, what, what shot. clicked uh, with the diamond anything it was, just it flowed it just flowed it, flowed. it, it was my birth sign you know there, april okay. so i mean it just sort of went ddp you know i thought ddt there you you go. Know, jake was the first one of the boys like i saw jesse and I was like, wow, that motherfucker is entertaining. You're like, I need a diamond in my chin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then I saw Jake. And, you know, I grew up on, you know, Handsome Jimmy Valiant, the Valiant Brothers, Captain Lua Battle, Flessy Freddie Blessy, Bruno San Martino, Larry Zabisco. You know, these are the guys of my teenage years. And now I'm watching this guy walk out with a snake. And I watch his work in the ring, and it's like, wow. Of course. And then he talks, and the fucker's scary. Like, he's the guy I thought, well, if anybody's real, it's him. Mm-hmm. And that guy pulled me in. And the guy that beat the shit out of you in that first in that third match. <laughs> the third match. <laughs> that you blew your knee out. Oh, yeah, that right. Guy that also. guy's real. <laughs> that, guy <also. laughs> that guy's real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, that's when I started getting pulled in. And this is how crazy it is that... Jake comes into my bar because Tampa was 135 miles north. Miami was about 140 miles east. Jake hit every single bar. So I wouldn't <laughs> right feel that special, to be honest. He, they would just, one night, he must have stopped over and figured, well, let me go get a beer. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a nightclub. And he walked in, and I'm in the back room in my office, and I'm looking at the monitor. 
I'm like, that fucker looks like Jake the Steak Roberts. So I fucking run up to the front. Like a 13-year-old like boy. Like a 13-year-old right? girl. And you're 30 years old <laughs> yes. or whatever it is, right? <laughs> I run up there. Oh, my God. Is that Jake the Steak Roberts? And I come up to the front. And she's like, God, Jesus Page. I, I, I look like him. Like she knew who he was, you know? And I walk up to the bar sort of fast. I see him. I Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Slow down. Hey, Jake Roberts? Yeah. I go, hey, man, how you doing? Page J, I run the place here. Get a couple shots here. And hey. I know it's tough to imagine, but me and Jake became drinking buddies. Right. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> but also a wrestler. Free shots. Ooh. Oh, my yeah. New, my new friend, Dallas oh, J. Every, I mean, DiBiase. You know, he was a regular there. I have a video, a picture of Ted. And I swore I'd never bring it out until I showed it to him. But I have back when he had the long hair and, you know, the million-dollar man at the Prime right. of his career. He had like a helmet of hair, didn't oh, he? Crazy <laughs> hair. And I've got him by the hair and pulling him back. And I over him, I'm holding a uh, 1800 uh, Jose Cuervo. And it started with just doing shots. It started with glasses. And then it went to upside down challenges. Right. And I got like 10. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, right. 10. He did 12. It ended where I did 23. I could drink crazy back then. He did 27. And I said, you win. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going over that. God. And it was like a whole, it was just locker rooms filled with those types of guys, right? Right. <laughs> everybody came through there. Bushwhackers, nasty boys. And everybody knew, okay, there's a huge mark. Right. <laughs> you know, in Florida. Dishing out drinks. Right. He's, he's got you covered. Probably get you laid, too. Yeah, and, but it was great for the club. To, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but it, it was great for the club, too though because they knew because occasionally I would do these voiceovers you know I mean I did all my own radio stuff I did all my stuff on stage for the hot legs contest or the bathing suit or wet t-shirt so I had all that experience without all of that I never could have done what you saw in the AWA because I really didn't know shit mm. I was making this shit up from what I just saw and but just, you were becoming a showman, huh? Exactly. That By was doing it. that, uh, the vaudevillian, uh, yeah. whatever it might be, right? Whatever, just like bring it, you know. And you'll love this story. So, the 
I wrote all that stuff down on the paper, right? In like my blotch, it was my 30-day thing. Two days later, and I have this on film, the Party News Network, it's a local cable party news sure, network. PNN, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, but no, this is, this is like for just South. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking I would think that was PNN. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but they, um, they would do like, you know, things like things on the beach. They would do like what's ha- happening around Southwest Florida. And they did a thing on The Voice because occasionally I would throw the Macho Man Hot Legs contest and people would go, you got Macho Man and Hogan. I could do Hogan and Ventura I could do to a T back then. Can't do Arn Anderson, though. No, I can't that, do Arn right? Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> I still Dallas. I still can't do Jesse now. I used to have him down. But um, yeah. I would put him in the spots. And they would say, those guys are friends of mine. I mean, I was making this ah. fictitious thing up in my this, and it, it became real, mm-hmm. which is really crazy. That manifesting dreams into realities. I got shakes, you know, chills on that one for a second there. But I mean, really, I, they would like they were doing this interview about the man behind the voice, and I would be like, Norm jeans. Synthesizers would be on them. Hot legs. This Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Shit like that. And. They, at one point, they, they filmed me. I'm wearing a WrestleMania T-shirt. You know, <laughs> me you know, on the mic, writing stuff, uh, my 62-pink Cadillac. And at some point, they get me in the, in the back room where we were all sitting around drinking. And it's like two days, maybe three days later. And they say, so where does the voice come from? And I look down, Colt, I swear to God, there's a pair of sunglasses there. They're white. There's Diamond Dallas Page written on the blotter with all that other shit. And I grabbed those shades, I put them on, and I said, the voice comes from Diamond Dallas Page, Daddy. I was born to be a professional wrestling manager. It's the Norma Jeans voice. It's hard, it's hot, it's ready to go. I took them off and I kept talking. And a guy saw that. His name was Smitty, he had a talk show. He calls me up, wants me to do it. His show, I'm like, dude, it's not real, I made it up. He goes, who gives a fuck, it's radio. Where's Smitty at? He was in Fort Myers at the time, and he had a, a, a boxing show that he was bringing wrestling into now. And now he's got a huge show in Vegas, all-around boxing, very sharp guy. Uh, but I did two shows with him. First one with Captain Lou Albano. Mm-hmm. So now Mickey Mark here is going to get to talk to his, one with, of his childhood with tattoos, heroes. With tattoos. Mickey, Ma- Mickey Marco with, with tattoos. Get, they, get, on the, get on the phone and on the radio for an hour with Captain Lou. And then the next one was Sergeant Slaughter, who was just the classiest, most fantastic guy ever. And uh, Smitty says to me, you need to do something with us. I said, like what? He goes, I got a friend, Rob Russin, who used to be promoting in boxing. Now is working with the AWA. He said, I've got his number. You should give him a call or at least send him a tape. Mm-hmm. So he gave me the address. And I made up these tapes, these interviews with guys who wanted to be wrestlers. And I created storylines behind them, like Rock Hard Rick. There was uh, the, uh, Big Steel, no, not Big, um, Big Bad John, Big John, and that guy. This and is a radio, yeah? This is audio no, this is about to go on tape. Okay. These characters with me and the scantily clad Diamond Dolls and a friend of mine who was an announcer who also has a radio show. His name is Captain Jack in Jersey, and he's got, like, the greatest pipes ever. And he wants to get a break to be Gene Okerlund, you know? Mm -hmm. And we put together, I put together these four different promos and another one for MTV. 
and I send them to Rob Russell. So I'm sorry. So the the guys playing the wrestlers were just dudes you knew, just your buddies. They want to be wrestlers. Oh, okay. So but, they were. You were all in it together. You're all looking for jobs here. We're all looking for like that magic, you know, pie in the sky because. It was like today you couldn't. There was no such thing as you could go today and try out for Jr. Right. and Jerry Briscoe. The performance. Center, you know that's yeah. like never going to happen because back then it was real. Mm -hmm. You know, so you know we had no idea to get in. And I tried doing that little independent thing, but you know I was disconnected from all that. Mm -hmm. So I sent him the tape, and I swear to you, one week later they call me. I talked to Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, uh, who's speaking? Well, this is Rob Russell from the AWA. Long story short, he says we want to bring you and your guys in to give you a tryout. You know, uh, but I've got one question. You know, I've shown your tape around, and we, you know, we like your shtick. You know, it's got merit. You know, but no one's ever heard of you. Where, <laughs> where are you guys working? Right. And now I just know I'm fucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know that I know, and no matter what, you tell the truth. And I said, well, the truth is, Rob, uh, none of those guys can wrestle. And it's like dead silence because he probably went to bat. I've got somebody. Look at this guy, right. you know? The, the, the wonderful talent scout. He's like going right. to Vern. Like, Vern, I've got the fucking golden ticket. Like, you're going to love it. me. Yeah, yeah. Where do you see these guys? Yeah. So um, he says, uh, well, why did you send us the tape for? I said, well, they're all trying to figure out how to get into wrestling. And it's like a secret society. Mm -hmm. No one knows how to get in. So we figured, what the hell? Let's make this you know, video you know, and send it out to you guys. I go, but I could manage right now. Right. And then there was those the, guys. They're, they're fucking shit. But me, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Yeah, I'm not going to get any better than what you saw. Right. You know, not right away anyway. And um, he went like, don't call us. We'll call you nicely. And then Paul Heyman. Throughout my life, he's always been leaving somewhere or doing something that enabled me to be in a spot. Interesting. Uh, and it really is. You know, uh, he, was, he was the young, fresh, talented guy with the phone. Yeah. You know, had a whole thing going. He had that huge phone. I want to say, uh, he, he brought in Adrian Adonis, right, to yeah, AWA. Like, I'm just remembering watching him on ESPN. I think yeah. he, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, his main boys was... Dennis Condry, um, the Midnight Express. So that the, was Midnight. Midnight. The fake Midnight. Was it Randy Rose? Randy Rhodes and Dennis Condry. The new Midnight Express? It was Midnight Express. Was it, was it, it was one of those days. Right, Midnight, right. It was Midnight something. Yeah. Either way, those guys were unbelievable workers. They were the guys that didn't have the great bodies, but they could work their ass off. And um, I think that sums up half that generate, like the yeah, '80s Memphis guy, right. you know, like right. But they could work, boy. Yeah, they yeah. made you believe. And uh, Paul left with them for the NWA. Right. I remember when they feuded with the Midnight Express. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. That's it. Right. And um, so that left a huge hole there. So two weeks later, Greg Gagne calls me up, and he says, "Okay, Diamond, here's what we're going to do with you. You got to fly yourself in and bring." A couple of those hot chicks you got in the video. And he goes, all those crazy clothes you wear. Because back then, I mean, I wore zebra skin jackets, leopard skin jackets, zebra skin freaking In real life you wore that? In real life. To the clubs? To the clubs. And like to the grocery store? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I was going to the grocery store before I went to the club. But you knew like... I'm dressing up for the clubs, though. Yes. That wasn't like real life da Dallas. Well, no, it was, it was sort of rock and rollish, dude. Yeah, I remember the 80s, dude, okay. too. Yeah, I was friggin', I was a frustrated rocker who wanted to get, I mean, entertainer who wanted to be a part of that. And 
it was just a way of expressing myself. I was I was always a late bloomer too. Obviously, wrestling at thirty five, yeah. you know, but everything sort of came to me later. And I, I was way smarter than I would have been when I was younger because I was a pretty stupid kid partying around, you know. Yeah, yeah. Freaking, but who could drink? Who could snort? Who can do this? Who you know? Yeah, you know, if I'd have met Jake Roberts, and we talk about this. If I'd have met Jake when he, because we're not, we're at eleven months apart. If I'd have kept wrestling at twenty two, and met Jake at twenty five, and say my career was going up too, I know I'd be dead. Yeah, wow. Yeah, because we just would have partied. Because to Jake, it was always, I can party more than you. And when you're 20s, this is what I explained to Jake later on. When you're 20s and you can party like the rock star every fucking night and fucking drink and snort, you're a god. Mm. You can do it in your 30s, you're a demigod. But if you're still doing that shit in your 40s, Man, I get worried about him. If you do it in your 50s, you're a drunk, slob, you know, pervert. All the <laughs> shit you said when you were in your 20s, you're still saying, laughing, but people are laughing like, ha, 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 did he really say that? Yeah. You know, and Jake's going through the greatest transformation. Like, I don't even know the Jake right now. And I know all Jakes, but I've not known this guy who's really step, like, like steadfast on staying positive. Saying, you know, trying to, you know, make a, a life with this woman that he's met that he really is in love with uh, and trying to do the right thing. If he starts to say a stupid ass comment, because he does, mm -hmm. he's just, it's the character. The character takes over and says those things that you go, whoa, you know, uh, he catches himself. Most of the time. And I've been on the road with him. like You know what I'm talking well, about. Yeah, where he makes a fart joke or whatever. Just whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, did yeah, he yeah. just say that? Sexual joke. <laughs> like, a lot of shit's sexual innuendos, mm -hmm. you know? And again, okay, in your 20s and 30s, if you're a god like he was, mm -hmm. in your 50s on the 60s, nah, nah, not so right. much. But who's to tell who? I mean, I don't know. As long as he... He's not doing the other, like, who's to tell who to grow? Like, hey, man, you got to grow up. But, like, you can't. Well, you, people expect a certain thing. For him. First of all, they expect him to be the God that they think he is. Mm -hmm. And meaning that they love him so much. He doesn't have to say shit that is not the right thing around women. Right. You know what I mean? Trying to pop the boys type well, stuff. Well, yes, you know, just trying to get that laugh and, like, hey. You know, she's 20. Like, don't say that. You, yeah. know? you know, whatever. Or she's 45. Don't say, you know. Right. And it just, it's because people, when they laugh at you when you're younger, it's, you know, it's because they're, everybody's got like sophomoric humor. But mm -hmm. as you get older, people get more mature and then they're not so fucked up. Yeah. You know, and Jake is going through a transformation. You know, there's one scene. It's, it's not in the movie that we're doing because we didn't film it, but we should have. Jake come downstairs and he's just so mad. And it was, I think it was, after one of the times he'd fallen from drinking, because he had a few falls along the way, and we bring them all out. You know, not all of them. We bring a lot of them out, you know, in the movie. Um, but he's just so bummed out, and he's punching, like, the marble counter. Because he's so mad that he, you know, that he fucked up. And I'm just looking at him. And you know how you tell yourself negative shit? I mean, we all do it. I work at going the other way with that, and that's why you say, I bet you're doing amazing. Right. You know, because you got to say that to yourself. If not, it's real easy to say, life sucks. I hate life. This is the, oh, I didn't want it to be like this. You know, it's real easy to do that. It's a challenge to go the other way with it. And Jake was pulling himself down, you know, in this down. And I looked at what he's wearing, and I go, come here. I want to show you something. I brought him in the bathroom, which is right off my living room. And I go, what do you see? And he said, a loser. I said, stop 
fucking saying that? I'm not asking you what you think you are right now. What do you see? He said, read the shirt. And the shirt he had on was a skeleton holding a flag. And it said, wasted youth. I said, that's what you say to yourself every time you wear that shirt. Every time you look in the mirror, you wasted your youth. You shouldn't be, you wear, you wear things like, Manson's my hero. Is Manson really your fucking hero? Are you fucking kidding me? He's scum. Yeah. You know, I mean, do you really, of course not. I go, why would you wear that shit then? And man, fucking a week later, he got him ordered. He walked downstairs. He stopped wearing all those shirts. And he walked down and he had a t-shirt on that said, my history is not my destiny. And that was the beginning. They were never give up. Stuff like that. Like, that's been a big part of Jake's change. And Jake is a serious addict. Sure. You know? He's, like that, right. To me, I mean, it, not that it sounds corny, but like, like for me to be wearing like positive, uh, whatever the word is, like shirts. Negative. But I get it if you're that into it hardcore like Jake is. Like every little thing it. counts. You need Right, it. every little thing. Well, even if you don't wear that, wear Chicago Bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Wear something that's, that's still like in the middle. Nike. Right. <laughs> you know, anything. Yeah. You know, what? Anything. Mm. You know, whatever. Just not, nothing to, to nothing the negativity. That pulls, yeah, nothing that pulls you down. Right, you don't right. need it. You don't, you don't need it. And anybody, that's the first thing I get people doing called anybody I work with, what you put in your mouth. Food. Food completely, because today it's, it's not real food, most of it. Well, for some people I know, it's something completely different, but those are just, those are nothing, okay. <laughs> I don't know where you go. Those are women that we shouldn't talk about. Yeah, well. okay. but, but, but I'm just that's talking the, about. That's I, the interject snake coming out. Right <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey. But it's I just only because it changes your disposition. Yeah, it changes how you feel. Once you start changing how you feel, you feel better. You're not as negative, and then it's what you say. You know, it's just shit you tell yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean, I when Scott Hall drives me crazy sometimes. He's like, how do you stay so fucking positive? And one day I just said, I work at it. Yeah, you know, 
it just just don't happen. Remember all the big muscles you had? Like, it just didn't happen. Right. Yeah, or the great promos that you cut just doesn't happen. Right. You got to work at it. Yeah. Uh, man, this has gone by ridiculously quick. What a great conversation. I mean, it's <laughs> nothing new to you. I know you do, uh, you know, your radio stuff, and you're always out bugging and whatever. I, I do, I do, before I, I want to leave, though, I just, uh, again, 35 years old, getting into the ring, um, you make that decision to start training. Uh, a lot of negative, a lot of negativity, negative, negativity, <laughs> a lot of negativity. Say, I mean, how much negativity? Well, let me give in you being one of the boys. Now I'm, I'm managing two of the greatest ever and have never really gotten their props. And why Michael P.S. Hayes is not in the freaking Hall of Fame, I don't know. Um, but Michael and Jimmy Jam are the Freebirds, and I'm about to walk out and have my last match with them in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I know that. Scott's been taken away from me. I'm not going to be able to manage. I can still do fourth string color commentating. You know, shit you hear on four o'clock in the morning in Moose Breath, Iowa. You know, but I know the next guy to retire is I ain't got my dreams over. So, so you saw the door closing. Oh, I knew it was. As soon as my contract was up, I was going to be done. Huh. So I took it into my own control and I said, I went down to see Magnum. And he's the one who had told me. And he said, well, Diamond, you know, I don't really know. You know, you might get broken half by one of those Steiner liners. <laughs> you might be right about that, but I know we're going to break it in half. And I've been in the nightclub business in a million fights. You know, I knew I could handle myself on any level. And I knew that I wanted it more than anybody. Because when I was a kid, I didn't dream about being the manager. Not until my wrestling career was over. Right. And, uh, you know, and, just, and 31 to 33 or whatever it was, 34, like, I'd, and uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, I'd imagine like you're having the time of your life, but it gets to, you're like, I'm in it, I'm doing it, but yeah. it gets to the point where like, okay, I want a little more, right? Well, I went to Dusty when I was in Florida Championship Wrestling, and I said, dream, because he's running it, right? And he loved me, he's, he's my first mentor. And uh, I said to him, um, you know, what do you think about me? You know, Mick, Michael P.S. Hayes, I just met him, and we were starting to become friends. And... Uh, I said, you know, he, has, he was like the mouthpiece of the freeboards, and he actually worked, too. I said, what if I got, like, two other guys to work with, and I was like, you know, what, a freebird-type gimmick? No, baby, you're going to be a foul-breathing dragon manager. You're going to be the greatest manager of all time. Because he never saw me as a worker. He just couldn't see it. Couldn't see the six-foot-six guy being <laughs> No, he just really, he really didn't, because he saw, you know, some people see you a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it took, it took me... Tearing my rotator cuff when I finally did wrestle nine months into it and being let go and working with Jake for almost a year independently. And he got me booked on so much stuff that I never would have got booked on without him. And then when I came back the first day, right before I'm about to go have my meeting with Dusty. And Dusty's like my big brother. But we're talking on the phone. Eric Bischoff had to pull all that shit together. And I was down to power plant because that's where I made my home. Dusty asked me to go in the ring, call some shit to this kid because he wanted to take a look at him. I got done. I went from one ring to another, to another, to another. And when I had my talk with Dusty the next day, he said, you know, I know you always seen yourself as this top, you know, top guy down the line. And even in the wrestling. And he goes, I got to be honest with you, Dallas. I never saw it till yesterday. He goes, you keep doing that? Maybe. Maybe at some point, yo. Maybe at some point you could climb the ladder you're, you so want to climb. Right. Yeah. But in, in terms of being like the moves and stuff, just like you say, working on your positivity, you know, I know the first year of my wrestling, like you just, you, you don't get like 15 years deep into wrestling now, like I feel like it's clicked and I got right. an idea. But that first year, 
you know, <laughs> right? And scared to death. So you're on the same page as a 20 yeah. year old who's right. all you know. You just you just it hasn't. I don't know if it has clicked. Maybe it has because you've been around those guys for so much managing. I can't speak. No, for you. dude, I hit that mat. No, and now first of all, going down to the power plant. Oh, he's gonna wrestle now. Mm. They beat the fuck out of me. Everybody's saying, yes. oh, Dallas wants to wrestle now." And they right? we did five hundred, you know, friggin' squats before we started. We did ten sets of fifty. No, yeah, yeah, ten sets of fifty push-ups, you know, 10 push-ups or 20 push-ups in the middle. So by the time you got in a ring, you were shot. Right. Then the guy who wasn't wrestled, Buddy Lee Parker, he got in and stretched the shit out of you. So he sure you want to do this. And every time I hit that ring, Colt, and you were a kid doing it, but every time I hit that fucker at 35 and a half, I felt every square inch of that motherfucker. I would have my knees iced and my back iced walking out. And later on, when I'd actually get on shows and I'd ice my body, everyone would laugh at me. Mm. They laughed at me wrestling. They laughed at me filming my matches. Now, everyone films every fucking thing they do. But I was so far ahead of it. The only thing I fucked up, I should have kept all those matches, not for my work, to listen to Austin, Nash, Foley, Regal, Raven, doing some of the greatest fuck you co- comedy color commentating ever over your mat oh, oh over all of them but mainly you set, my, up, oh, you we set all, up the camera oh god rob stop freaking ricky steiner one time walked in just gave us a big ass spread you know, <laughs> like, the shit that i had on those cameras and you just taped over or threw them away well, i thought they would i never thought that was the i didn't think that all of those guys the name guys we were all no one at the time oh man would you ever believe that everybody would go Va-ba-oom. right you know and I finally, at the end, because Steve Austin shit was so good, I finally filmed the last. I'm not going to tape over this. I'm going to start keeping these. Yeah. Because Steve and I rode together all the time. Yeah. And uh, so his shit was really funny. <laughs> and uh, I, was, I actually dubbed it, the Austin tapes, but it was only one match. Me and Pillman. That's the only one. I can't find it now. I can't even find that. But that's what Eric, he, went, he had his elbow. And Bischoff fired him. And Bischoff and I were really tight, as everybody knows. I begged him, do not fire that fucker. Not him. There's 20 other guys you can fire. Don't let that guy go. He's not going to be shit. Blah, 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 blah. He ain't, I'm telling you're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. Well, the the booking committee had convinced him of that, whoever was, you know, whatever the reason was. Right. Because Bischoff really didn't know. And he realized much later that, mm, okay, maybe that guy was money. <laughs> right. um, so you, so you, you now know to uh, keep the tapes because you have a whole, you got, you got a whole crew tape and everything down at this house. Oh, yeah, we keep all that. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> let's, let's kind of plug that stuff on our way out here. Uh, just, uh, I mean, I guess everything you're into, and um, I'm sure everyone knows, but maybe just to remind everybody well, what you, know, you got I, going. The main thing I'm really excited about right now is, is, is the resurrection of Jake the Snake. And my guy's first cut on it, because you know, as you know, being you know, just all this video and all this, your edit is everything. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't exactly the movie that I wanted to be, because to me, it's a movie of resurrection. And you know, Jake would be like, you know, could be like the stock market, you know, at times. And then he'd have really long runs. And then he'd fall. To, everything was only like a day, though, which was pretty cool. If you know, you think about it, over the last almost two years in August. Jake's, you know, maybe drank like six or seven times. Pretty damn good. Right. Considering this guy drank every single day. And pills every single day. And most likely crack or coke 
just about any time he had the money. Mm-hmm. You know, so for him to make the transformation that he's made is really amazing. So that movie, I really think is going when it's done, and I'm hoping we can get it done for WrestleMania, but I don't know if we can. Because it's just it's just a lot of work, you know. Mm-hmm. And we're not just doing this. I'm building a. You, you saw this? Did you see the Shark Tank episode that we had? I did. Yeah, it, 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 I tell you, man. I you know, it was funny because some people go, "Oh man, I'm just so sorry you didn't get the deal." I'm like, trust me. Well, I, I was, got the deal because I, <laughs> I'm a big Shark Tank mark. So right. like, I look up and like you see all these stories of just like just the idea of getting on that show that <sighs> people come out of the woodworks and you don't have to say it all, but. Right. Yeah. Well, I will because it's 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 part of what will happen next year because they've already hit us to see what we're doing. We did a million dollars in six days. Hmm. Right. I mean, it's an unbelievable Cra- commercial. Cr- crazy, and yeah. because they love the story, and it's real. You know, because that's the whole thing. The Arthur story is real. I, I can I, I can get him telling you so many of them, but he Mike was with me and he's seen this girl Abby, and if you'd seen her five months ago in London, holding on to her husband. And the, and, the, and the cane walker in the other hand and moving like a couple of inches at a time. And she's walking in to take my workshop. I've already got a couple other people who are going to use chairs. But this is like a crippled woman. Mm-hmm. And comes up to me crying. Like, I just saw Arthur's video and I know that you can help me. And, uh, and I'm just like, oh, fuck. It's a lot of responsibility for you now, by the way. You, set, brut- you set yourself up for yeah, that. Yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I, I literally put my guy who's my first uh, Manchester, uh, he's the first guy in the UK to get uh, certified. I put him with her. He ended up working with her. Over this last five months, if you saw her at the retreat, you would never believe it. And she's, she lost 60 or 50 pounds, but the weight means nothing. She's still got the walker, but she walks with the walker. It's not a hobble. And when she's working out, the cane stays down next to her. I think the walker's with her. The hand walker is just to, uh, for security still because she can walk without it. But uh, it just makes sure that she's okay. But just the transformation this woman's gone through is just literally crazy. And, and the guy who uh, we trained over the internet, because anybody wants to get certified in DDP yoga, we got a certification program. It can be done anywhere in the world. And my, my partner, uh, uh, yoga doc, Dr. Craig Aaron, he takes everybody through it, and we just don't certify anybody. Like, you got to put all that work in to get certified. Where at CrossFit, you can be certified in eight hours. Right. Wow, okay. Um, but ours is a little bit different. And, you know, the, the thing of helping these people own their lives, that's what we're about. And, and, and Shark Tank was the greatest exposure ever. I mean, I love the show, just like I love the show. And if I would have got the deal for what I wanted to do it for, which, by the way, I only asked for $200,000 for 5%, which sounded ridiculous. The company's worth 500000 for 5%. Mm-hmm. And... We're, all the money that we brought in, we're building an app that will be second to none. It's going to become not a network, but it's going to have its own, you know, subscription type thing that will, all the stuff will be live. And we're building this performance center. And dude, if you're in Atlanta, I would literally love yeah, you to come by at any come. point in time. Just work out with us, hang out with us for a couple of days. But when you get that performance center, man. It's it's going to be really amazing. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, you know, you hear this a lot. Probably people saying you're an inspiration for uh, for uh, you know changing people's lives. But for me, 
uh, you're you're doing your thing, and it's completely like outside of wrestling. Right. And you've built your own brand, your own thing, and you're building this. And for for me, that's very inspiring to me. Right. Uh, and for that, I uh, I thank you, and I appreciate you coming on the show today, man. Hey, dude, and anything I can do to help you out, man, you know, straight talk, man. Whatever you need, man, I'll help you out. Cool, man. This was fun. Awesome. I had a blast. Thanks, bud. All right, again, I uh, I came away from this one enjoying him way more than uh, I thought I would, and uh, I'm a fan of DDP. Now I'm in. I'm on the team, and also uh, the coolest thing, I think, is that he's doing it all himself, independent. That's very inspiring and uh, almost not like a hint of jealousy. Like, I wish I could I could take the fucking ball and run with it the way he has. He's got a, he's he's making a whole performance center down in Atlanta. He's got a whole team there, a green screen, uh, everything. He's making it happen, and I think that's fucking cool. Doing his own thing. Michael Kingston, he's doing his own thing with Headlock Comics. I'm going to tell you about that in just a second here. Hold on with me. But uh, that is the show for this week, DDP. And uh, this was actually taped before Jake uh, had some trouble. So I know Jake's doing really well, and uh, we wish him the best. I know DDP is working with him at all times. He's saving lives Helping people. So cool. All right. Before we get out of here, let's get into some plugs and upcoming events. All right. The best way that you can support coldmerch.com and digitalcult.com. I got Twitter and Instagram at Cold Cabana. I have a very public email. If you want to bitch at me, you can do it at coldwrestling at gmail.com. Marty and I were on YouTube for worstpromoever.com. Head on over to my website, coldcabana.com. You can send me some snail mail. I got a P.O. box there. I like getting some shit at home. Also got a Facebook slash AOW podcast. Upcoming Friday, September 26th, Halifax, Nova Scotia, WrestleCenter.com. Friday and Saturday, October 3rd and 4th, I'm in Brooklyn, New York, FWEWrestling.com. Sunday, October 5th, Vancouver, Canada, I'm wrestling for ECCW, but that's because I'm doing a live podcast Sunday afternoon at NorthwestPodcastFest.com. Please come out to that. Saturday, October 11th, Marietta, Ohio, RemixProWrestling.com. October 18th through November 8th, I'm going to be all over Japan with Pro Wrestling Noah. I'll come back to America November 15th, New Orleans, Louisiana. Two comedy shows. We're watching movies and bad wrestling with Marty DeRosa. HellYesFest.com. Saturday, November 22nd, Rahway, New Jersey. ProWrestlingSyndicate.com. And Saturday, November 29th, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. WrestleCade.com. Part of that huge event down there in North Carolina. That is the show for this week. Big thank you to you at home for listening. Thanks to DDP, Diamond Dallas Page. Thanks to Cable Guy Jeff and Stu Stone. Thanks to Kid Russell and Matt Jenkins on the music. Huge thanks to some of our sponsors. Our friends at Headlocked Comics have a Kickstarter for Volume 2. That's right, the wrestling comic book. Go to kickstarter.com and search for Headlocked. Independent comic books about wrestling is amazing, and you should support it if you can. The cover is by Jerry Lawler. There's some art by amazing artists like Kaylin Croft, one of the Dude Busters, and Jill Thompson. Big thanks to HighSpots.com. Hundreds of full-length titles available to download, plus all the $5 wrestling titles. AMA knee pads. You can get a wrestling ring. They've created DIYWrestling.com. If you're a wrestling company and want to do VOD, thanks to Pro Wrestling Tees and BarbershopWindow.com, the original ultimate 
alternative and independent wrestling t-shirt companies, both powered by One Hour Tees. Custom t-shirts made to your liking in an hour, a week, or whenever you need them. And let's not forget tweakedaudio.com slash Colt. The earbuds that I use get over 30% off and free shipping just because you listen to this show. This little show, the little podcast that could. Guys, this has been the art of wrestling. For Colt Cabana, I'm Colt Cabana. Thanks.